Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Liberal Studies 690 podcast. My name is Lizette Antunes, and today I will be talking about migrants at the San Diego-Tijuana border. So, as you may know, people from all over the world are often forced to migrate to other countries in search of change that differs from the conditions of their countries of origin. The United States is often a popular country that migrants strive to reach. But in this process, they usually have to first cross through a border country, if not one, many. But more often than not, Mexico is the last country they reach due to the geographic position of the border between Mexico and the U.S. In this podcast, I will specifically focus on the San Diego-Tijuana border and the conditions that migrant children are often faced with and how these conditions factor in to them receiving a proper education. Ultimately, my goal is to answer how are conditions at the San Diego-Tijuana border influencing migrant children's ability to receive a proper education. In my research process, I found that most of the pieces written were focused on issues that come with trying to cross the border. Many children and their parents put most of their focus and attention on daily survival. Because their mental and physical health is often threatened by conditions in Tijuana as well as virtually, you know, having no source of income, and finding themselves just desperately trying to come up with ways to cross the border, education is unfortunately put on the back burner. For example, there are instances when migrants are faced with elements of prejudice and otherness created by local Mexicans in the communities of Tijuana and all over Mexico. But as shown in the book, Solito Solita, Um, we catch a glimpse of the travel horrors through migrant testimonies. And we see how the migration journey is often due to life-threatening issues in their home country. This makes for many migrants to commonly have mental health issues on some degree. Also, the, the traveling through so many countries to finally reach Mexico is mentally and emotionally draining. Um, As shown in the academic journal, migrants suffering violence while in transit through Mexico factors associated with the decision to turn back. Migrants are faced with violence through either sexual abuse, weapons, robbery, humiliation, kidnapping, whatever degree, it is a rough process to go through. But through these conditions, even though they're often harsh, migrants decide to keep going. And when they finally reach Tijuana, we see how vulnerable uh, these families are. So what I found was um, that those that came with families uh, with young children, more often than not, the children uh, were psychologically impacted or affected in uh, some way or another, 
whether it be because of um, the journey itself or um, conditions that they saw in their uh, country of origin or because of the uh, conditions in Tijuana itself. Um, so I decided to go to Movimiento Juventud, which is a migrant shelter in Tijuana. Um, and I personally went and um, interviewed a woman uh, that is staying there with her husband and children. Um, and she just expressed how, um, how she worries for her children's well-being, um, for their health, uh, their education, and um, her hopes in crossing the border. Entonces, 
también nos han ayudado y las maestras también, ellas son muy buenas y les agradezco mucho, pero no es como estar en una escuela, sí, pero les ayudan mucho y sí, yo les agradezco. Es, es muy difícil estar aquí, saber, saber que nuestros hijos pues, son los que sufren todo. Sí. Porque si meterlos a una escuela sería más, eh, usted le da miedo porque como ya ha pasado cosas que, que, que nos quieren secuestrar y también eh, eh, meterlos en una escuela es también como eh, sentarse más, centrarse aquí y pues quieren mover, no quieren, no quieren, este, ok. about different things um, but she starts off by explaining um, how she was forced to leave her home country of Honduras um, she really emphasizes that she was forced to leave due to like these extremely violent events that had happened um, she tells me that she has um, four children but three children that are are in are need, needing in, to go to school of age 9, 11, and 17. And um, she just expressed her worries and, and hopes to accomplish the American dream. When I asked her about uh, educational opportunities in Tijuana, she informed me uh, that she is focused on leaving um, Tijuana. So she only sees this as a temporary um space in her journey with her family um she did tell me that she's been there for two years already but um one of the years was 2020 which um was basically um you know 
uh, null because of um, the uh, pandemic. Um, and she also told me um, that um, enrolling her children in schools is difficult right now because most schools are um, closed. Um, and she explained that even if given the opportunity, she worries um, that um, about sending her children to school because uh, she already had a scare where her um, 11-year-old um, was almost kidnapped. Um, so this shelter is in a, a red light district. Um, the schools around there are not the best. Um, going to school, from school, is a um, safety concern, um, especially for young children. Um, and this wasn't in the interview, but um, afterwards she told me how um, her children um, were scared because um, there's often shootouts that happen right outside the shelter, and um, that also concerns her for the safety of her kids. Um, and, you know, her concerns are totally valid. Um, uh, here, COVID alone has parents concerned when returning to school. Um, so I can just imagine adding, you know, unstable housing, um, virtually no source of income, and uh, high chances uh, for harm to be caused to their child through kidnapping or any other um, violent uh, events. Um, she did tell me that there's a teacher that comes by and um, gives classes um, to the kids there at the shelter. But uh, the thing is that she only comes by for a few hours uh, each day and the classes are for all of the children and um there was children of all ages there like from toddler pre-k probably um there was actually a newborn too but um from pre-k all the way um to high school uh levels so um the thing is that she the teacher that goes gives classes to all the children at once which um is you know um unfortunate uh, because there are no resources for them to to get teachers to have like proper classes with uh, the age levels and and grade levels uh, separated um, and her and her husband uh, do acknowledge that it's not a proper education that they uh, wish that it was different but um, given the circumstances, they're thankful for it. Um, they say, you know, not, uh, something is better than nothing. Um. So as you guys may have noticed, um, just by the audio of the interview, um, uh, the shelter was pretty packed. Uh, with adults and children um, but there was a moment when her kids came and sat next to her and I noticed uh, what looked like a severe rash all over their bodies uh, their faces, their arms, their legs um, 
and other children of the shelter also had it. Um, and she explained to me that it was like some form of smallpox and that it was infectious um, and that most children have gotten it at the shelter. Uh, she told me how uh, someone uh, sent her to a doctor to go see a doctor and the doctor gave her a prescription um, but she only had enough to pay for the doctor's visit um, and not the actual prescription of uh, medication uh, to apply on her uh, children's uh, uh, like uh, rash. And in her mentioning uh, these uh, rough conditions, I asked about the health of her children and how they have been responding um, to the conditions that they have been faced with. Um, her husband also answered when I asked. Sí, sí. 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 S
the woman explains um, how her child, the same one that was um, almost kidnapped in Tijuana, the 11-year-old, um, she tells me how when they first got to Tijuana, um, he went mute for an entire month um, where he wouldn't speak and um, with time it passed and he's doing better now fortunately uh, because there was a psychologist that went to the shelter and that he speaks to often so that helped him Um, and I also asked about uh, what they would hope to have at the shelter and they explained that um, technological resources like computers and um, uh, ability to have Wi-Fi would be really helpful um, so their children can connect to classes um, in the shelter without having to worry about, you know, COVID or just general safety concerns because of the area that they're in. Um, mentioning um, a proper education and just to clarify when I say a proper education I'm referring to children being able to attend a regular school setting um, with the resources supplies uh, needed to have a proper education Um, uh, this sense of structure that creates stability within their lives, as um, many of these families are found in a state of limbo, per se, uh, awaiting for the opportunity uh, for them to be able to cross the border to arrive at any given moment. So, in conclusion, with knowledge from my research and newfound knowledge from my visit to the migrant shelter, I found that this issue needed further attention. The lack of attention to the physical, mental, and overall academic development of migrant children has to be resolved in some way or another. Um, And for it to be resolved, it must first be addressed. So uh, to answer my question of how are conditions at the San Diego-Tijuana border influencing migrant children's ability to receive a proper education, um, I think for it to be more adequately answered, There has to be programs that focus uh, to uh, addressing this issue and not letting uh, this part of their migration journey be a halt in the educational growth of their children. Um, I myself hope to be a teacher one day and because of this I believe that as an educator it's extremely important to be knowledgeable of all types of learning conditions and hurdles that students are faced with, especially, you know, living here in California um, as it's a a border state uh, to Mexico and um, how we may be uh, likely to one day encounter a student that has gone through this migration journey that I spoke about in this podcast. Thank you for listening.